0: blog talk
1: radio hey it's me remember me you know the girl that hasn't been on radio all week i'm kidding i was on radio on wednesday who am i trying to get hi everyone it is a very cold a very brisk a very uncomfortable friday morning in the city of wisconsin i have to tell you that one of the things that warms my heart and no pun intended is today's guest and why because it's the only free time i have all day um if you've been following me you already know of course that i'm in a mad dash here to try to finish two textbook writings in two weeks with 150 pages. So I'm going out of my mind. So the fact that I get to do radio and speak to this lovely, accomplished, amazing actress is making me so excited. I can't stand it. Let me just do quick show reminders real fast before we forget. Um, as you all know, I have delayed all of my shows with the exception of Scott show on Wednesday, today's show, and there will be one more possibly next week. I'm waiting to find out if actor Stephen uh, William Tedder will be coming on the show. Outside of that, we will Be resuming on December 20th, and we are having none other than the star of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, Lisa Wilcox. She'll be coming on our show on uh, the 20th of December, time to be determined. So do tune in and listen into her show. So I'm not going to keep our lovely guests waiting any longer. Let's get her on the line and start talking. Well, good morning, young lady. Well, good morning. How are you this (laughs) fine morning? Well, you're the highlight of my day. I ain't going to lie about that one. I got uh, I got about 20 pages to write today, and you're probably it. You're like my excitement.
0: <laughs> I'm oh so my. excited and
1: so nervous. You're a big deal. You're a huge deal. Did you know that? Oh,
2: my. No, I didn't. <laughs> no,
1: you are. First of all, your publicist tells me that you are. Just kidding. Yes, she does, but that's not the reason you're <laughs> wonderful. No, um, I, I've creeped on you. I did a lot of research. I've gone behind your back. I've asked people about you. I've learned lots of things. Um, and you're just, you're lovely. You're a very little woman. You're like five foot three, uh, to those that don't know. And I've never seen a picture of her. You're this little teeny <laughs> tiny five foot three person. And I'm like, oh my God, look at all that. It's all that pretty all in one punch. That's what I call it. She's pretty all in one oh, punch. Oh, so I, I have a question. Well, you're quite welcome. That's actually my intro into my very first question. I like to ask a lot of questions to actors because people that listen in are either wanting to get into industry, but they don't kind of understand some of the industry stuff, let's say. So here's what I want to ask. Okay. first. Okay. You're a woman who's five foot three. Now, as you know, you get cast oftentimes by the way you look, your age, et cetera. So tell me a little bit about the height thing with, with you being a little bit on the tinier side, does that work as a advantage or disadvantage when it comes to casting and such? Well, the
2: camera makes everything look bigger than it is. They say it puts on yes. 10 pounds of weight. I think it puts on more than 10. It makes okay. people look taller. It makes them look bigger. And so most actors in Hollywood are, are very small. They really, really? are. And in Hollywood, I'm not really that tall. I mean, that short. Um, oh, my gosh. I I have a really... I think, it, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but a funny story when I was younger, I was a tour guide at Universal Studios. And sometimes mm-hmm. we got to um, usher at the amphitheater for a little okay. overtime. And, or we could actually get tickets. So I got tickets to go one night, and I had a little bit too much to drink. And I ran into one of my friends who was a tour guide who was ushering that night. She was talking to this gentleman. And I walked over, and I'm talking to her. And um, she said, you know, this is the bionic man. And I turned around, and I looked at this guy, and I said, no, it's not. And I kept talking to her. And she said, no, really, it really is the bionic man. And they did film it on the lot, but I had had one too many. And I it that's not him. The real guy is, is handsomer and he's taller.
1: Oh my gosh, listen to you.
2: <laughs> and he's really handsomer. was him. Yeah. And he's taller.
0: Exactly oh my gosh. Because
2: television really does make you, or the camera really does make you look taller. It's, it huh. felt like at the time that he was my height, he was probably maybe 5'6", five, 5'8". Five, okay. A lot huh. of the men are small, and, of course, the women are.
1: Sure, of course. And what I find interesting about that is, like, for instance, like you're saying with the camera, now do you ever get the same concerns about, like, obviously, I you know, I'm 5'6", and I'm, like, 142 pounds, and I'm walking around, and I'm saying, I need to drop, like, 15 pounds because I'm so fat I can't stand it. So is the camera your friend when it comes to appearance as well, like how you dress, how the costumes fit, things like that? Would the same rule apply then? Oh,
2: absolutely. That's why they they like the women to be very thin Mm -hmm. because the camera does put on the weight. It's easier to dress someone who's thin because then they can pretty much wear anything. Those of us that are a little bit more curvy either have to play that curvy role or then they have to try to figure out ways to make us look, you know, slimmer. Now, yeah, no, I what's know what really you mean. good is some of the plus size women now are really, you know, getting really good roles. Um, right. The, I don't know her name. The, the woman that's on This Is Us, you know, is,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, breaking all the rules as far as what people think should be on TV. So, okay. So it's, it's, uh, more inclusive now.
1: I get, oh, I see what you're talking It's really about.
2: a handicap to be very tall because then you're towering over
1: everybody and
2: right, it's hard to get the shots.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, and we don't think about things like that, you know what I mean? Like I get dressed and I'm going out someplace and I'm like, oh, if I just wear three-inch heels, I'll match up to everybody, you know, because sometimes the heels will make it work for you. Just kind of deck yourself a little bit up. But I don't have to act and I don't have to worry about the camera, so it's a little bit different for me.
0: But that's right. why well,
2: I guess in that. Real, Well, in real life, when you're five three, I was in. Uh, oh, I was at a party last night, and it mm-hmm. was a very crowded hallway. Well, everyone else was probably
1: five ten or taller. Then I sure. felt
0: so, hard.
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh! Listen to you. How cute is this? Well, I, and you know, too, oftentimes, like I said, that's one of the things that people think about is you have to think about the way you look. You have to think about appearance and stuff like that. One of the uh, one of what I think is totally awesome about you, one of the thousand things that we'll talk about, which is you're actually an alto singer. And so, um, first of all, define for our listening audience. Alto gives you the ability to say high, low, etc. So talk a bit about your range and depth as it relates to your singing. Or do you even sing anymore or do you just do it for the camera?
2: I was going to say, let's define singing.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, it's part of your biography, darling. So when it says, oh, she's a singer, that would lead me foolishly to think you can sing. Maybe I'm delusional.
2: I know. Yes. No, I apparently was delusional. Well, you have to put everything on your resume like you can do well, it. Right. And then you right. figure out how to do it when they ask
1: you to. <laughs> oh, I get
0: it
2: now.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, I, I guess
1: maybe the better question, I, question is, can she say
0: no? <laughs> Crap. Way I to go on ask. that journalistic
2: tip. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been asked okay. not to sing. So.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, then. Good thing she can I, act because she can't sing, apparently.
2: That is so funny um, because when you started saying I was an alto, I thought,
1: yes, but how would anyone <laughs> know
2: that? <laughs> well, I, it's you know, part, it part really
1: of my really job to know this somewhere. stuff.
0: It, it is, is, honestly, yeah, somewhere. because, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I
1: discovered <laughs> it, and true. I'm like, bam. Bam. Because most people would know that, like, obviously, if the person's listening in today, they've never heard of you before. And it's like, oh, look, now they're going to think, oh, she's an actress, she can sing. And now in reality, they're just going to think, oh, great. Now that fool who interviewed her didn't even know she can't even sing. Well, we're not going to talk no, no, about no, that no, thing. No, but, no, 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 for,
2: for, for public knowledge,
1: I sing. I'll just learn oh. now
2: before they ask me. Okay. I get
1: it. So if anybody wants to book her for a party, tell her three months in advance. She can practice. <laughs> yes, Take all, yes, no exactly. acting gigs. we are just going to practice. We'll we'll do what we can. Okay. Check mark there. Okay. Call <laughs> her three months in advance. Okay, good. We're good on that. Okay. Now, obviously, I understand that you're an L.A. native, so I want you to talk a little bit about this because some people don't quite, you know, I live in Wisconsin, but my heart is in New York City, and I'm eventually moving there because I'm in entertainment, and that's where entertainment, you know, is, is rich and abundant is, of course, L.A., New York City. So, you know, you live in a very competitive, as I'm sure you know, a very competitive state. Rules are very tight. There are tons of actors, actresses. Hollywood is located there. Um for some strange reason, I say to myself, because I couldn't check in your resume here to see, I don't think, have you actually done actual stage theater before? Because I thought it would be a real niche to discover an L.A. native who actually has done theater because that doesn't seem like your thing in L.A. Forgive me if I'm mistaken. Uh, but I've, been
2: I've done some theater. I Years okay. ago, I did more theater.
1: Um, oh, okay.
2: Theater in Los Angeles is not what it is. In New York That's what I thought The the big plays come in with the cast From back east pretty much Okay um, And the smaller theater in LA Just doesn't pay anything And it's mm. a lot of hard work And very time consuming
0: sure.
2: People who love theater Which I did when I was much younger mm. uh, It's you know it, it is wonderful Theater is magical whether it's New York or LA Oh, yes. But you got to make a living, and very few <laughs>
1: people make a – well, very few people
2: make a living in theater anywhere.
1: <laughs> right. But especially oh, no, no, in no. L.A. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so it is it is a little avant-garde out of the norm as far as that goes and such. So I guess that, that would bring us back to the initial question, which is obviously, of course um, – The competition's fierce. I mean, I I hear it in New York City all the time. In fact, you've got 17 people going for the same role all the time, et cetera. Um, Would you classify yourself, let's say? To me, you just don't look LA-ish. Is that a bad thing to say? I mean, I don't think it is because I'm I'm more of the New York type. But, you know, you you don't fit that classic, uh, forgive me for saying this, but you know some of these types of people that I've met before. I've come to LA and I've met publicists or I've met, um, you know, actors and things like that, people in the business. And they tend to be a little... um, well, a, a lot more laid back than you would expect. Does that make sense? Like it, almost too passive if you will.
2: I'm I'm from LA, so laid back is what we do.
1: See, <laughs> okay, I, I, okay. So uh, I'm not
2: imagining it. Okay, good. Oh no,
0: oh, I'm no not that's crazy. What we do. Check mark.
2: I, I, I like cool. you say you love New York, and I'm like, oh, why I would Anyone love New York? I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I you know. <laughs> no, but, I know
0: you what know, you're
2: I, saying. I, co- yeah. I, co- I commend you for moving to New York. I wish everyone Eventually. would take your advice <laughs> and move to New York. <laughs> we can, if we can, the borders I want to close are California.
0: Okay. Ah, so, I got. Nobody can of go there. The
2: country, no. I get it. Can come in. And if we could at- 50% to go home wherever that may be. <laughs> I would be very happy. Oh my but gosh, you're no telling more. Me. No more.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, now, yeah.
2: Um, I'm not a New York type person. I couldn't that's okay. have to go to New York. I, I, it, it like you're talking about. It's cold there now. It's right, cold right, here, right. but
1: cold here is sixty one.
0: I know, right? I Oh my
1: God. You know, I just, you know, obviously we organized this interview through Maria and, and you know, her and I just met for the very first time in San Diego. I was actually in San Diego like a month and a half ago for the horror film festival. And her and I were a panelist on the same panel together. And um, I just couldn't believe how I was walking in shorts. Like you're, you're talking about, it's absolutely beautiful. But I have to tell you, your city is a little overwhelming. Like you fly into LA and I'm like, I don't know how to get anywhere. I'm trapped in an airport. I'm like, um, I don't want to rent a car, and I'm thinking, how do I get around? You know, it's 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 like it's huge. Everything is huge. I'm like, I went from one step to Absolutely. another step. Everything is big. I mean, it's very big. The Hollywood parties are Hollywood parties. You know what I mean? It's, everything is so red carpety. You know, in New York, there's a red carpet, but it's it's a little more scaled down. You guys are the more big, 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 big stuff. And in fact, this this post we need have, to ask you. We
2: have red. We have red
1: carpets for envelope openings. Believe me. (laughs) And that cracks me up, too, because everything is like, it's a stunning red carpet. Number one A-list celebrities. Every time I get an invitation from all of it's all these number one celebrities, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have to ask you this question because I'm going to respect your opinion. I just went to see the new Tom Ford movie last night, Nocturnal Animals, just came out. Um, And Tom Ford hasn't done a movie in a long time. And and this is based in L.A. This was shot in L.A. and all this good stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about this because you can provide some insight on this. It's a $20 million project that was made. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to tell you. I have to tell you that I wasn't impressed. I I left there thinking to myself, if you just took that $20 million, gave it to every indie filmmaker that I know, and they produced all their movies, we'd have like 100 really great movies for that $20 million spent on the one movie. So this is the intro to the question I want to ask you. As an actress, do you feel that the bigger budget productions are still delivering that that big bang or do you feel as though the new trend in filmmaking now is headed more towards the independent projects and they're finding themselves having a little more success because I know it's true and prevalent in New York City Indie is huge obviously I would surmise in LA it might be the same case but I'll let you talk about that
2: everybody needs so much content there mm-hmm. is room
1: for everybody
2: at the table at this point exactly
1: I agree
0: definitely
2: just content content there is so much stuff on tv sometimes when i have nothing to do i'll just flip through the channels and there is stuff on tv that it's like why is anyone watching this
0: (laughs) that's
1: on there (laughs) oh my god she just said that i wouldn't have but no i would have but she said it so that's okay no, I agree. I mean, do you ever turn that on? And uh, that's how it was in the movie. I'm like, have I been here for two and a half hours? And I can't believe I sat through this. But the, And it's television, too. It's TV. It's web series. I've seen it on Netflix. Not a lot, but I've seen it there. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think there is enough room at the table. I wish more people realized that. Uh, there is a lot it's, of room there, getting, and that can make room.
2: It's getting it's getting the money, like you said.
1: Right. If they can right. take that $20
2: million and divide mm-hmm.
1: it, You
2: know,
0: right,
2: right, right. I just heard this morning, um, just before I came on the show, and I wish I had been able to listen to the story, but I didn't know that Pharrell had produced this new movie about the women who worked at NASA, the three black women who worked at NASA.
0: Really, I didn't know that.
2: Was one of the? I didn't either, and he wrote the score. And I oh my was gosh. just complaining the other day because my whole thing <laughs> okay. with Hollywood So White is, okay, then why doesn't Hollywood So Black produce some decent movie? So and there I, you go. I, mm-hmm. I was so excited because I thought, thank you
0: for real.
1: Well, and you do know, I was just going to say, you do realize that uh, Denzel has that movie coming on on Christmas Day? Fences. I can't wait to see well, that. actually,
2: I've seen now, since I've seen I've actually
1: oh <gasps> oh 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 oh, we are so going there. We are so going there because I can't wait. I can't wait, so don't give it away because I'm in love with Denzel. Okay. I know he's married, but I just want to <laughs> know, is it really oh my God, it, it looks breathtaking. It really does it's it's a
2: It's a different kind of part for Denzel. Okay. But it, it, it's hard to even talk about without giving it away and without having an opinion. it.
1: it. So okay, I Cisco, <laughs> is it a five-star? Is it a four-star? Would you recommend it? Should we go see it?
2: I You're killing me here. <laughs> I know. I, I think people should
1: see it. But
2: I'll preface okay. it by saying August Wilson is a very wordy, writer with lots of monologue and lots of color and but it's nice. it's in words. So if, if you're looking for Star Wars, go see Star Wars first <laughs> because <laughs> you're not gonna get it with Trinity.
1: Yeah, that was like, the, that was my top tier three. You know, the, the Fences movie was one of them. Last night was the Nocturnal Animals and Allied, the new Brad Pitt movie that looks exceptional with the, with the foreign girl and the the spy thing and all that stuff. But no, I agree with you. I love, I love the fact um well, like I said, when Denzel said he was going to do this, I thought, okay, that's terrific, because I do feel oftentimes, and it and it isn't necessarily just minorities, it's certain ethnicities as well, you know, to, across the board, I think that there's room for expansion for more females, for African Americans, Mexican, Latin, you name it, I, I think we need to pump absolutely. it up, absolutely, uh, without a doubt, and it's been like that for generations, and it's very sad. Because it's hard for a woman of color, or a man of color, or it's hard for someone who's different ethnicity to get excited about getting roles when there's so few of them. You know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean. Exactly. Obviously. And
2: and and universal type roles. Right. I mean the the fences story, even though it is a black family,
1: it's
0: mm-hmm. it's a
2: it's a socioeconomic story. Right. Um. The the NASA story is you know it's inclusive the whole everything that was going on it's a, an American culture story so you know mm-hmm. they're universal themes so it's not like it's just appealing to a small audience no matter what it is It is appeals to everyone
1: well and he is such a great lead man I mean I I I'm not gonna lie I go see movies just because I like him I I, I admire his work. I think Viola Davis is amazing considering I just saw her in Suicide Squad and she was pretty badass actually so i mean this is a, this is the alternative so i'm very curious to see how that goes so we'll so we'll see how that goes okay so now she kind of wrecked my excitement about fences there a little bit and she can't no, sing no. okay Den, no, Den,
2: but but denzel you know denzel's one of those that did denzel you can just stand there and i'll just watch you stand there that's fine well yeah
1: so denzel's i mean i'm fabulous. not gonna lie. Right. I mean, right? I'm like, okay, fine. I think we need to, like, cast you in a role next to him. I think we need to work on that. I mean, wouldn't you just, like, die? I mean, I would die to be, like, five feet from him, let alone, like, acting in front of him, which, which would be awesome. Now, I have to ask you this very important question, just so you folks know. As I understand it, even though it was June, you had a birthday not so long ago. So, you just turned, like, 30, right? 35? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, What What was that like? I
1: mean, you know, crossing to like 35 and and getting to that new part of your (laughs) life, actually. So this is my, I always like to ask this birthday question. So I say to myself, as we all age and we get a little bit older, and you're obviously an industry person with with an extensive career. And so I guess uh, from the personal standpoint, um, as you are starting to get further into your career, do you find yourself now... Being revitalized now and thinking to yourself, you know what, there's a whole lot of life left for me, and from the acting standpoint, do you feel like you want to push yourself more now as you progress along here, as you get a little bit older, or are you thinking maybe you just want to diversify your time a little bit, half work, half not work? Well, my
2: career has been checkered. I've done different things.
1: Mm -hmm. I was in the
2: entertainment industry in the 60s and 70s. That's 1960s and 1970s for those who weren't born in that century. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and um, it, it, I was young and crazy, and at the time I, I just couldn't understand why I wasn't a movie star. I have come to understand as I've gotten older that I would be dead or I would be some tragic story if I had become famous when I was that young. As so many people we see just flame out. But I had a a relatively decent career in those times. And then I got out of, I did some casting in the 80s. And then in the 90s, I got out of the business altogether. Right. And then in 2007, I came back into the business. Well, I've had more success in the business since I've been back. I did three years on Betty White's Off The Rockets TV Show as a series regular. Um, I recently won an, What they call an mm-hmm. African Oscar yes. From the Mollywood African Film Critics Awards And I've uh, Worked on shows like Castle, How I Met Your Mother um, What else uh, The Newsroom Key and Peel. Um, right. I've 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 gotten to do more since I've come back in the industry, really, than I did
1: when I was younger. Now, did that surprise you a little bit? Do you think? Meaning, having that success well, later on. I mean, did that shock you at all? Well, the thing about
2: Hollywood is they don't acknowledge women between the ages of forty and seventy. I know. It's like women go into a vacuum at forty and you don't Mm. see them again until they're 70.
0: Right.
2: So I was kind of absent during that age range where it it was becoming such a struggle to get any work at all, any right? that I missed that. So I'm enjoying coming back and... A lot of the women, for me, it's good because a lot of the women that stayed in the industry the whole time don't want to be seen as their age. They don't want to be seen as baby boomers. They still want to, you know, be the ingenue, which sure. means they don't go out to the on the auditions that I go out on. Which is great because it's like a <laughs> competition.
0: It, well, that's <laughs> exactly I'll right. be
2: the old woman. You know, I, <laughs> I, I. I, I I thought it for the longest time,
1: and then I said, wait, that's what they're paying me to be. Why don't I try being what they want me to be? That's exactly right. You betcha. And, you know, we were just talking about this, and this is a really interesting question for you, because you mentioned the whole Hollywood thing and how women become that obsolete in the eyes of Hollywood at a certain age. So I was asking someone this question the other day in terms of Hollywood itself. Do you feel that they're transitioning into an area by which you feel as though um, things are going to get more limited? There's some fear out there amongst the acting community that things are going to become so much more selective over the course of time. Because like I said, for instance, that movie last night, Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, the bigger names get the bigger projects, obviously. There's a fear that things might just dry up in Hollywood, period, for individuals who aren't as established or who are feminine, or female, I should say. Uh, Any thought on that?
2: Well, again, they need so much content. Now, whether or not it's going to be made in Hollywood is a whole other
1: story
0: because right. now
2: you can be in the middle of nowhere and throw <laughs> up a studio and right. They will come. <laughs> you know. So yes, I do. Whether it's, it's going to be made in Hollywood. I don't know, but I think that they just need so much content now. Now the question becomes, do women between the ages of 40 and 70 have a story to tell that people are interested in? Mm. I think, that they do but are they going to be the star of the movie I don't know what I tend to see happen is that women that work and I love Sandra Bullock but you know the woman was playing an astronaut at an age that she could not possibly be an astronaut (laughs) (laughs)
1: little unbelievable there you know because you're talking about keeping it real
2: Right, and and we watch it, and because we love Sandra Bullock, we'll just love the movie. But right. in the real world, you have to either pl- be, still be able to play that ambiguous, no, she's not really 50, uh, mm-hmm. role. Right. Or you have to play young or old stories for women w- within that age group. I gotcha. So possibly if some- for, the, for that group to work, and again, probably they're going to have to write the story. And I and I you think bet it's you. happening more.
1: Now, so does that mean if a filmmaker were to come to you and say to you, you know what, I want you to play ten, year, 10 years your junior. This character is going to be about 10 years younger. Would you be willing to take on something like that? Would you be able, do you feel that you'd be able to transform into that character appropriately to fit? The pro well, in, in,
2: in the real world, I still think mm-hmm. I'm 25.
1: So. <laughs> well, we figured that. So just capture us yeah. for 30, 30 plus. Right. Once exactly. you be 30, we'll be good. <laughs> Mentally, that is. I guess she's a little yeah. over 30. Okay, so go ahead.
2: I, but I, I, asked, I think younger, my grandchildren hate it. My grandson <laughs> told me one day, I wish you would stop hanging out with young people because you know all the new phrases and I can't stand it. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! You think they'd be like, "Oh my God, we have a hip grandma. She's totally with the times oh, no. here." Ouch, no, no, no,
2: that's kind of hurt. They, they want grandma <laughs> oh, to God. be grandma.
1: Oh, I, of course, because so you're we grandma.
2: Well, yeah, I, uh, I just do she just well. doesn't want to
1: grow up, <laughs> kids. It's okay. We'll At let all. you be how you are.
2: Um, so
1: that's funny. Yeah, that just I would, too funny.
2: I would play younger because that's kind of where I live it, it, in <laughs> a younger world. But uh, that's not what I get hired for. Uh, most of the time I wear a wig, um, okay. a gray wig, and, and play older. Um, right. Or, or that ambiguous older, again, like she could be 50, she could be 65. It Sure. It, it's not age-dependent, really. And a lot of times... Well, that's, those are the roles I'm actually most comfortable with so that it's not, oh cool. well, but I enjoy playing old. I was saying last night, I enjoy dying. I've died a couple of times as an old lady, just of natural causes. And, um,
1: Sorry about that. Um, having a little technical difficulty there. Okay. Now I can hear you. Um, okay. That's funny the way you say that. Um, yes, I enjoy dying. You're surely not going to hear that in real life, are you? Yeah, I died last week, and it was great. This woman is odd.
0: (laughs) But no, I totally get what
1: you're saying. When you love what you do and and you get to do something that you enjoy doing, that's awesome, though. That is. And that's obviously why we get into doing the things that we do. Um, I wanted to notate this. I want to ask a question about your education. I know that you went to the L.A. City College for Theater Arts. Um, Today and nowadays, because things have changed so much in the areas of theater and film and television – Talk a little bit about to those that might be listening in that are a little bit younger or first in getting started out in terms of educationally. There are some on some side of the fence that are actors that say, you know what, it's so important to continue your education every month, every couple months, every year, keep learning about your craft. The other side of the fence, some working actors are like, the best experience is actual working acting. So which side of the fence do you stand on that?
2: If you are doing a... If you're a series regular on a show, you need to make every day at work an acting class. I don't think that you need to necessarily continue. I I mean, first of all, you're exhausted.
0: (laughs) Well, of course. (laughs)
2: Exactly. But most of us are not series regulars most of the time. I still take a class once a week, every week faithfully with the nice. same person. It's not so okay. much an acting class because I think at some point you do pretty much develop your technique, but you right. have to do it. You have to practice all the time. So I'm not necessarily going to learn how to act every week, but it's an on-camera class. I go to be able to do, going to hire me for, but I get gotcha. to spread my craft um I get to see myself on camera every week whether I worked on a TV show or a commercial or not because Gotcha most of the actors work is auditioning it's not right. working at least for the, right. the first part, most of your career actually and we're talking about the older actors I've gone full circle women that when I was young that were big stars mm-hmm. are now I'm auditioning with them now when I, I wasn't a big star back then.
1: So Oh my gosh.
2: You know, it goes full circle. So it's it's I I tell people who are getting into the business you need to keep current. You need to know what's going on in acting and the only way you right. do that is to stay in the class go to school. And and then of course when you haven't, when you're not even working, of course you need to go to school. I mean there right. are natural talents. Mm-hmm. But just the access, exercise
1: of learning your craft will help you. Oh, agreed. Absolutely, hands down. I know one of the things that you had been talking about there was doing commercial work and to those of you that don't know, she's done a number of different commercials, two in particular. I know you've done Walmart before. I saw that you did a commercial for Hornitos tequila, and I was thinking to myself, hmm, that must be interesting doing commercials for alcohol. And do they let you try it? Was that bad to ask? I have to ask. I'm like, oh my gosh, she does a commercial for tequila. How many times do you have to try it? And then did you fall over? No, no, no. Well, I'm just. They
2: don't let us drink. They don't let us drink the
1: real tequila. I know. I figured that, and, and,
2: but again, and the, and the commercial never aired, so it's I one of those that never saw the light of day. It, oh it, my it gosh. was kind of a, it was a kind of dirty, four dirty old ladies in the pool, boy. And I think they decided that that
1: was a little. Did hard you course. just hear that, folks? Yes, I'll admit I did a commercial and I played a dirty old woman. Hmm. I want to know what she does at night, okay? In that house of hers in L.A. O.M.G. <laughs> So let's talk commercial work a little bit to, again, mm-hmm. and I like to give my audience a little heads up on this. Um, give us a quick short version of the day in the life of the commercial. Cause we all know, based on listening to all my other shows, we've talked about being on the set on TV and on film and such, but I don't think people really get the whole commercial concept. So like basically when you get booked for a commercial, is that like a short shot, so to speak, meaning the lines are less, the work is less. Talk to us a little bit about that experience.
2: Oh, your lines are definitely less unless it's, you know, one of those dreadful pharmaceutical commercials where they just go on and on and on and tell you how it's going to kill you. But <laughs> most commercials, you have very few lines, if right. any. Um, my last commercial, I said, is that you? And no, no, I said, who is that? You know, you, you say a lot less.
0: Sure. Um,
2: commercials... Acting in general, every day is different. You never know what you're walking into. Um, With commercials, they tend to have very long hours because they're technically shooting a mini-movie in one day, right? usually. Of course. And And you go in, you know your lines, and it's pretty much like any other acting gig, either on location or in a soundstage. Right. Um, it tends to be less people, smaller crews, and it's fun. Like all acting is, so it's fun. Oh,
1: of course. Well, and that that poses the actual question, which is this: just so people understand this, if they if they get excited in hearing you say, "Oh, I do this commercial work." Is it is it more of a likelihood or less of a likelihood? Like you were talking about, it, you're the first one that's ever told me that you shot a commercial and it didn't see the light of day. So are you always running that risk that chances are great that maybe half the time you'll film something that'll never oh, get seen? Oh, good enough. That's discouraging.
2: And, it, and oh, first of all, the chances of you getting a commercial.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, we don't want to discourage everyone now. Oh, I <laughs> try really to stay do. hopeful. I
2: really do. I I, I'm, I I want everyone in Wisconsin to stay there. Don't come to L.A. No.
1: She's oh. killing us here. <laughs> Call you people to stay in your states. Don't come to L.A. Just stay don't there. Don't ever come here. I get it. We get it now. You don't want us. We understand. It's fine. It's, <laughs> fine. it's okay. No, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's got to be frustrating. Yeah. Well, uh, commercials right. are hard to get. Um, we talked about the big stars are not only taking the big movies. They're taking the little commercials. Really, Jennifer Aniston? How much can you
1: sell? Come on,
0: Jennifer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Give somebody else a chance. Come on.
0: Yeah. She is
1: beautiful, but still.
0: Yeah. Well, right,
1: and yes, exactly. I no, I agree. I definitely agree with you because obviously commercial work is different, and you know if you're doing big budget movie, do you really need to do a commercial? So I agree with you as far as that stuff. Right. Um. you know, it makes a lot of sense. I
2: would be. I would. I, I would be a spokesperson for anyone at a minute in a heartbeat. <laughs> so I
0: get it that you know Oh really? And she'll ed- be a dirty
1: old lady. And she'll sing if you just give her oh, notice. I, oh sorry. We covered. Thing. It. <laughs> I don't know if we want to say that on air to anyone that might be listening, but no. <laughs> I like the versatility. You, you that's don't cool. Know though. Me
2: very well. You don't know. I'm trying. Very well.
1: <laughs> I'm a little nervous <laughs> to continue, but that's okay.
2: I tell people now you
1: I gave have a, a
0: pass.
1: Yeah, I bet you do. That brought <laughs> yeah. us to a perfect segue for my, my list of questions here because you had mentioned, of course, talking about speaking for certain things, et cetera. Now, I noticed um, that you – and this is recent, right, that you just became a brand partner with um, – is it pronounced Narium or Nexium AD, just so I get oh, it
2: right? Oh, yeah, it's you way too much. You way over-researched me. Actually, I'm no longer a brand partner with you. <laughs> You're a good researcher, though.
1: Oh, did I lose you again? Can you hear me? Do you, yeah. Are you guess... now? You can hear me. Yes. You can. Okay. That was strange, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. Okay. So you can hear me. So, so you're no longer a brand partner. Oh goodness. I'm sorry. No. I didn't know that. Oh gosh. Well, I, I did my know. homework though. I darn it you you are a
2: brilliant (sighs) researcher
1: but that's that's what i
2: mean by i have a path because you can find anything on the internet nowadays i know right growing up you could do all kinds of stuff it would never you know what happened in vegas really stayed in vegas and you know right but now (laughs) it's on the internet and it lives on forever
1: exactly right See, that's exactly my point. And I was just trying to show and highlight how extensive she is. And, well, I guess she's not doing that. Okay, so let's talk about something I know that you've done. It's pretty clear in the course of this conversation that you all can figure out that she has at some point in her life and remains to this day doing stand-up comedy because it feels like half of the show has been stand-up comedy. Um I want you to talk a little bit about, um, obviously, it would appear as though comedy comes natural to you. um, But tell us about your experiences in stand-up comedy, meaning what made you gravitate to that? And do you still perform on occasion, even if it's just open mic, et cetera? I perform
2: stand-up occasionally. To me, it is the most frightening experience on this earth. Oh, my God. Uh, Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you said, I do, I'm in conversation, I do stand-up every day. Well, but right. as far as going on the stand-up stage, there are so many really good stand-ups. And you have to be consistent with it. You have to be constantly writing. You have to be constantly performing. And even though I think it's a lot of fun, and again, there are more opportunities now. There's little right. clubs all over town. You don't have to go to, you know, the big comedy clubs and compete with the big guys. Right. There are all kinds of open mics all over town in every city, matter of fact. And, just don't come uh, to
1: L.A. because she doesn't want you there. Just yeah.
2: Saying. exactly. Just repeating. Yeah. Don't come there. Yeah, she saying. doesn't want you there. I'm just Yeah, we got it. <laughs>
1: We get it. We understand. But no, there's a lot of times that people just enjoy doing it because it's it's um, it's um a break from their routine because, like, let's say you weren't like how you are now. Some people are very atypical when it comes to comedy. They're extremely serious and they want to do comedy because they want to try to be funny. Whereas you're right. funny and saying it frightens you. That's ironic. Wow. Oh. Well, I would, offer, I would there, offer. All
2: those people out there can talk back to you. When I'm asking. <laughs> they can't talk back to me. <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> she doesn't want to be tough back to either, apparently. Imagine that one. <laughs> I bet you're a real hoot on the set. Hey, pal, don't come near me. Okay, just don't even go there because we're done.
0: I, I, know there. I don't
1: want to crack you up off there, but no seriously, Could you picture that? I, who wants to direct her? No one. Apparently she's a little rough. It's okay. Uh, are you kidding me? Have you looked at yourself? I would have never guessed that. No, seriously folks. If you go look at her, she's graceful and, and very Gentile looking and she's very classy and professional. You wouldn't expect this little sassy thing this morning at 1142 on my show. My gosh, but no up comedy is absolutely awesome. Um, so I have to say, one and
2: of the... I love doing it, I love doing improv in films. Again, I think the thing about, well, I know the thing about improv is I don't want people talking back to me.
1: I don't. Well, I get you.
2: them, I don't want them to heckle me.
1: So... Ah, to anyone who wants to cast her, just keep that in mind. Period, for future reference, just in case it comes up. Right. Um, now, on the flip side of the fence, it's funny how I just mentioned this whole sass thing. I've lost you again. I don't know why we're having these difficulties. And then I thought that that was just remarkable um, because oh, wait. not everyone. I, could, I,
2: could, I lost you again
1: there for a second. Can you can you hear me now? I can now. Okay, good. Yes. I was just mentioning how ironic it is that little sassy lady on the phone here, um, one of the many life roles that I have listed for you is that you served as a missionary and a chaplain for the LA Mission. And I want to talk about that because I think that that's phenomenal. I mean, it's it's heart work, you know, not just the the hard work in life, but it's actual heart work. So I want to know, how did, was that a, were you approached? Did you approach them? How did that work out? and, And what did that mean to you? from a professional, or I should say from a personal standpoint, of course, because it's heart work. Well,
2: when I had had enough of Hollywood in the late 80s, and I walked away, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I started volunteering at the L.A. Mission. Oh, my gosh, is that neat. It turned into a job, which ultimately led to me being a chaplain there. Mm-hmm. And one of the chaplains was from Nicaragua and organized a missionary trip to Nicaragua while I was still working there. And I went, and I loved doing short-term missions. And so then I, I ended up at some point leaving the L.A. mission and then going on short-term overseas missions to uh, Uganda and Ghana and the bahamas and several places
1: now and is when you it, i was just going to ask real quickly when you serve in the capacity of being a chaplain like do you have to go through a whole process cuz like i'm catholic let's say so in our mm-hmm. case like when you're you know clergy etc you have a whole Um, inundation of of different ceremonies or things you have to go through. Did you have to be trained to do all of that work or no? Uh, How does that work?
2: I was trained as a layperson, even Uh. though I became ordained. I was trained as a layperson. So before I went to the L.A. mission, I had gone through, and they're they're like churches that have Bible classes as opposed to a Bible college. So, I, and again, for the eight years that I was at the LA Mission, I continued to study. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, th- there were things I had to go through uh, depending on what I was doing when I worked as, at the LA Mission. Of course, I was doing more. Uh, Counseling, I was working with uh, homeless women, uh, women coming out of drugs and alcohol. Uh, When I would do the short-term missions, um, it would vary. It would be, you know, handing out food and uh, helping, assisting with some medical procedures when we would take doctors' places, handing out clothes.
1: Nice.
2: It would just depend, (laughs) all kinds of things. And you have to be trained a little bit for all of it, because you, you, especially cross-cultural training, when you're going to places like Africa where the culture is different, you need to understand okay. the difference in the cultures and things. The culture for, on skid row <laughs> it has its own <clears> culture that you have to know about. So, um, yeah,
1: you, I had to study. And I bet you did, of course. And um, now, when you completed that, and I just don't understand the timeline, because I also know that you had done a USO tour that was in East Asia, correct? Um, right. Did that have, Was that in culmination with one another, like one was part of the other, or did you do one first and then the second?
0: or?
2: I did the USO tour when I was a student at uh, L.A. City College. Gotcha. And okay. L.A.C.C. LA, was, uh, at the time, the only – Junior College that sent a USO tour to Far East Asia, and it was um, at the very end of the Vietnamese War. So that was a long time ago, but it was my Not first trip over to Not that long. She's only 25. All okay. Right. And it, it was my first glimpse at the world, and I guess that's what sparked a hunger for travel in me. Oh,
1: nice.
2: I've done several trips, either working or pleasure or whatever, overseas. Whatever. But, yeah, so they were, they were separate. They were very far apart between the missionary and the UFO <laughs> were very far apart.
1: Gotcha. Well, right, but it's life experience, you know what I mean? You get to – as you mentioned, it's the travel component. It's teaching you, other people and yourself about yourself and others. It, it's hard work, and I absolutely love the fact that you dedicated part of your life to doing something like that. It hasn't been just entertainment exclusives. You know, you've, you've lent your talents in other areas of the world and other people and places, which is amazing. Um, I want to know about Baby Boomers Live because you were acting as the co-host of that it, it was unclear to me if you still do that anymore or are you now not part of that entity anymore I, that, now this one I still do
2: It's aha Monday morning. we got one yes <laughs> <Wait. laughs> I have one at 10am ok it's, gotcha uh, And it's the internet radio show Mm-hmm. It's on the EasyWayBroadcasting.com or okay. easywayradio. EasyWayRadio.com. And yep. Baby Boomers Live is a show about all things human, but from a baby boomer's perspective. Neat. So we talk about all kinds of stuff, but, you know, some sometimes we need to just steer it towards baby boomers. Like I do a, a segment called Tech Time. And some okay. of these baby boomers are so anti-technology. They don't want to learn oh God, They yeah. don't care about it. And I try to ease them into it, and it's like, look, guys, if you don't learn how to do this, pretty soon you're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're not right. going to be able to shop. You're not going to be able to do anything. And the longer you wait to learn it, the harder it's going to be to learn. And so... You don't have to tell millennials that. You don't have to tell two-year-olds that. They know how to swipe
1: left. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I agree
2: with you. I do. You you tell a a baby boomer to swipe left, they have no idea. You know, it's like, oh, bring me the pledge. You want me the best? Yeah, they don't know.
1: So. No, I agree with you.
2: So so we talk about everything on our show. It's a half an hour, well, 45-minute show. And, Got uh, and
1: that's Mondays. Is it every Monday then? At the same time slot. Every
2: Monday. Okay. Yep. Yeah, every Monday, 10 a.m. E. The letter E. The letter Z. Way. No. Easy. Yeah. Easywayradio.com.
1: <laughs> Thank you for that. Good that you know what station you're on. That's important because we want to make sure that we know that. Definitely. You can hear her talk about being a dirty old woman. Oh, there that came again.
0: And, of course, it's we don't true. want to forget to mention,
1: yeah, yeah, because that's a real far stretch. We are kind of getting the sense that this could probably fit you pretty well, I'm thinking. Now, I the also word know. The
2: has been used. Wow.
1: Well, now that she went there. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I guess we should throw it out there for some of the older gentlemen that might be listening into the show and may want to score a date. Oh, wait, they can't come to L.A. because you forbid them to. But if they live there. Right.
0: I guess we should ask about
1: your current status from a romantic level because, of course, we just like knowing that stuff on this show. We're all about the romance, not the dirty. We're about the romance on this show. So, inquiring now, minds Sandy, want to know if you're.
2: Cindy, yeah. you're moving into that area where Uh-oh. I'm just not there right now. Ah,
1: gotcha. I'm open. I'm open. Oh, she's open, kids. You know what that means. <laughs> don't show up in LA,
0: but just yeah, Facebook. Yeah, you have to it. Be and then she'll be consider here. it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, don't. You have to already, you have to be, already here. be here. Don't expect, don't expect me to move any place where they have weather. I'm oh on am these dating apps, and they meet okay. these guys that live in Minnesota. And it's like, really? Are you going to move to Minnesota? No, I mean, I'm not Right. So, oh of so course.
1: no well and why should you you know what i mean there. you're at the, yeah that's exactly right if they want you they'll be there it's just that simple okay see boys exactly. so i cleared it up for you you've got the sedge to ask her out on a date wink wink nudge nudge now we don't want to forget about the other thing which may or may not be in existence apparently gray images extra casting oh that me. are you still
2: that that's that's back in my history
1: oh here we go again Okay,
2: <laughs> that was in the that was my '80s. That was the life in the 1980s. I did but extra that was casting.
1: Cool. Yes, oh, it and was for Baker so Boys. Cool. Oh, oh my gosh! Yes. I'm like Baker Boys. I know that production.
2: Boys. Yes, that yes, was awesome. Baker Boys.
1: It was.
2: And I, I did I Back that. to the Beach with uh, Ned Flandersello and Frankie Avalon, which was I just I felt like I'd really been in a beach party movie because I cast the extras for it.
1: Oh my gosh, how funny is that?
2: And, That's so cute. Uh, I'm a Get You Sucker,
1: which was a hoot to cast. Oh I remember that. Um, okay, gotcha.
2: So yeah, so I did casting for about I do everything for about like a decade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Decades of but my she's life. it like I'm over it after that. <laughs> Apparently yeah. did you hear that, man? So She'll, like, do the relationship for, like, a decade, and then it's over. She's moving on wow, to the next you know, one she's got. You know,
0: stuff. that's
2: true. I never thought about it. Oh, my
1: that. God. <laughs> Here on that. live radio, you just found out. So you, you're good for okay. a decade, and then you're gone. So don't get excited or anything. She's going to be out there, like, two days later. Just kidding. Okay. Oh. Now, speaking of her being a dirty old lady, get this, folks. One of the things I saw she participated in, and you know I'm going to ask, is it because of you-know-who? She participated in this charity thing called uh, the Peace Fund Games, and that's actually Adrian Paul's event. Now, isn't Adrian Paul that really good-looking guy? Yes. yes. Isn't he? And he's hmm. short. Sure.
2: Oh, I probably hmm. should say that.
1: <laughs>
2: but <he's> really
1: cute. <laughs> I know. Hello. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why she did that event. Hmm. actually I brought it up because obviously of course that is kind of neat to be able to participate in things like that. It actually did sound like quite the, quite the event actually. Um, how did you, were you just invited to that or is that something that you knew him or?
2: No, I didn't know him prior to that. I, um, I do, I try to do charity events. Um, I enjoy doing charity events. Um, I, I like to, you know, help organizations raise money. Um, I don't have a lot of celebrity, but what little I have, I try to use for good.
0: Oh
1: my gosh, listen and to you. <laughs> you're you're so and celebrity. Duh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like to think I am, however. No. Well,
2: keep calling yourself that Giffle in your Giffle head. Well, you're on the D, well, yes. on the D- <laughs> list. Yeah. I hover between the C and the D, so I'm trying kind to. Of oh, knock it off.
1: <laughs> Listen to her. She's so silly. No, but I, I assume that, but, you know, there's oftentimes you go to things like this, and I bet that was a fun event, wasn't it? I'm guessing. Well, it was, I wasn't was invited.
2: It was a dangerous event. They were oh? paintball. Yeah, they were doing paintball. And we had Ooh. on all this combat type stuff. And oh, gotcha. I got all dressed up, and I had my paintball gun, and I. <laughs> You know, I was all ready to do this, and then they told me it hurts. And then the <laughs> professional ones started showing me their black and blue bruises from where, oh, you know, my and they thought this was fun. And so I walked up the hill, and I took pictures, and then I walked back down the hill and changed clothes. <laughs>
1: I you didn't are actually participate.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm going to go to that event,
1: them. but yeah, I stood there. Does that count? Kind of? <laughs> well, so see,
2: that, that, now that was a real celebrity move. Because that's what celebrities usually do. <laughs> they usually come. I, I,
0: oh, I'm here and I'm standing around to
1: take a picture. There you go. I was here, just so you know. That was me right over there. How funny are you? Oh, my exactly. gosh, that's two kids. Exactly. <laughs> now, um, before but Adrian, we talk Adrian's about. But wonderful. Well, and I imagine that he is. I haven't had the pleasure. I've heard, like, via other people and such like that, but I've never, like, been in a room or been able to to, uh, to chat, so lucky you. My gosh, you have been where some women really want to go, so to speak, so congratulations. Even if you didn't paintball, we, we understand. Now, before we talk about your TV and film thing, I don't want to forget to mention this. Now, um, the work you did on the ION channel for A Husband for Christmas, is that out and showing now, or what's the status on that? Because I know you participated in that project. I
2: actually saw a screening of it the other day. It is such a cute romantic comedy. It really is. For those of us who love sentimental, cute, we know how it's going to end, romantic comedies. This is one. You'll love it. It's on the ION channel. It actually airs the first time on the 11th. It also airs on Christmas Eve, and I think it airs two times in between. It's the ION channel, I-O-N. Uh, check Got your it. local listings for the Times and where Channel okay. Ion is in your area. But it really is cute. It stars uh, Vivica Fox Ooh. and uh, Rico Rodriguez, like
1: Eric Roberts
2: and Jack A. Harris
1: ah, and Roberts. me. Oh, my gosh, yes. Hey, you know what? I wonder, I was just talking to a publicist who asked me to interview Jack A., actually. So that's ironic. So she might be coming to my oh. program. And let's hope I get my facts straight.
0: And I'm well, not, like, Jack
1: reporting things that it. happened 87 years ago. <laughs> well, Jackie's got a long history,
2: too. She's got a bunch yes, of stuff, exciting stuff. And matter of fact, oh, I definitely. saw her at the, um, the uh, screening the other day. She came to the screening. Oh, cool. oh that's awesome. That is. Yeah. Our, matter of um, fact, for the African Oscars, Jackie mm-hmm. and Vivica Fox were up against me in the same category, and I won. I'm just. Oh, saying. Boy. I bet they love <laughs> you right now. Yeah, who's <laughs> she?
0: Well, Forget her. Really
2: funny that it's like the three out of the five people in the category were in this in the a husband for Christmas movie
1: together. So uh-huh. and I was
2: I was thrilled to be nominated in their company
1: and shocked when I won so well and I was going to ask you about that obviously because um the the first time we were supposed to interview is right when you were being nominated obviously now you have won for best supporting actress and just so you folks know it's for the Nollywood African Film Critics Award they were the ones who awarded her for best supporting actress so I, I guess I have to ask you this um because of the fact that you've won this award does that mean that you um Awards are funny things. Like, for instance, you know, we go to film festivals, films win awards, laurels and things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're rich and that, you know, that sort of stuff. Oftentimes, the award means more to the heart to the pocketbook. Now, in this particular case, why were you so surprised, I guess? Uh, I I am told that your work was phenomenal in this project. I wish I had a chance to see it, which I have not. But... uh, Why, I guess I'm surprised at the reaction. I would have thought that you would be the preferred favorite to win, actually, in that category. So I guess were you really, I guess you really were that surprised or or taken aback by your win.
2: I really was. I was not expecting Hmm. it.
1: I had seen uh, Vivica
2: in um, Chocolate City, because both of us were Mm -hmm. also in Chocolate City. Gotcha. Um, So I had seen her performance. I hadn't seen any of the other women's performances, but I know Jack A's work. So I was surprised. I mean, Hollywood Hmm. surprises you. You know, people are always saying that they think that, you know, people win for their body of work as opposed to when they actually win the award. So Gotcha. I, I, even though I enjoy every performance,
1: I just, Hmm. I was
0: shocked. (laughs)
1: And I was in such company. Well, and she also acts like this has never happened before. So just so you know, folks, back in 2013 for the EOTM award, she was named Outstanding Reality Star. So, bam, that's not your first award. Hmm. So maybe well, it shouldn't have been true. so surprising.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, that one shocked me, too. As you, know? like you said, my first part of my career when I was younger, I never got any awards, and I have a little trophy case and my little trophies in them.
1: So... Oh, look at how
0: special she
1: is. She's got a little awards there. She's meeting all these really attractive guys, preventing everyone from moving to L.A. Boy, she's got a lot of places yes. going on at once. <laughs> Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your repertoire as it relates to TV. Uh, Just so you folks know, let me just tell you some of the things she's been involved with. Um, She's done uh, General Hospital, The Newsroom, Three's Company, uh, iCarly, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, How I Met Your Mother, Key and Peele, and, of course, obviously, the Betty White production, Off the Rockers. So I have a couple questions for you about this. First of all, I'm a journalist. I finally got tipped off to watching the newsroom, like, a couple months ago, and I finally watched it. Um, can I just say that I'm blaming you because they canceled the show and it's not on? Because it was great. What did you do? Why I is it not on anymore? I know.
0: What I happened? Know, I know. Who dropped the ball? <laughs> I, 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 I think it's your I fault. It last, I
2: know. I think it lasted a, a season beyond right because it was the three yeah it
1: was actual three seasons and they finally ended it of course and it was the coolest ending i mean obviously i'm not going to tell everybody because it might wreck it for you because you really should watch it hbo productions puts on some absolutely amazing things and that one was just and i I can relate to it of course but i mean it it just was it was so neat the way that it was done the format it was set up in it was so real very surreal for me so i I thought that that was amazing but three's company
0: Three's company
2: is a staple i think well, I think the newsroom was a little hardcore for the general public. You think so? Really?
0: Yeah.
2: I think it was a little no, I insider.
1: Think so. to, uh, I think it was a little for no, the
2: general public.
1: No, I would agree with that. I definitely think I took a heck of a lot more away from that than somebody who's non-industry as it relates to that sort of thing. So, you know, that part. I, I think powerful casting, powerful writing, powerful concepts being brought across, things to think about, I think those are amazing. Um, but is that I still what want that what we only really
2: watch TV for?
1: No, we watch TV to be mindful. Well, I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: that. But we don't say that. Shh, oh, Don't tell people that stuff. Man, oh. are you naughty. That's it. I'm talking <laughs> I, to Marie about this. Get her under control. What are you drinking? It's noon. Well, that is a good idea. Anyway, so Three's Company, you know, integrating into a program like, I mean, that's iconic. You know, that's been around forever. How exciting must have that been to be on a set like Three's Company? Because we all remember that from being kids. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it was wonderful because um, I worked, this was very early in my career, so I worked mainly as
2: an extra on Three's Company. But then because I was a, consistent extra, they would give me lines every once in a while. So I still even get checks from Three's Company. They may be $3 checks, but they're checks nonetheless. That's so cool. And and I got to kind of work on the show through the history of all the Chrissies on the show, all the blondes, all the different ones. Oh my gosh. Okay. And because I was an extra... I got to I was very good at the the job of an extra is to really not be seen. People right. think that oh I'm gonna be an extra and I'm gonna get discovered. No, your job as an extra is to not be visible. And so I was very good at it. So I could be an extra every week. And you would see the back of my head or the side of my head or whatever. So I could work consistently as an extra and then if I got a line like once every, you know, couple of months I'd be happy. So it was a fun show to work on.
1: Oh, I imagine. Oh, uh, I can't even imagine that. My goodness gracious. Now, of course, off the rockers. Clearly, when you work with the likes of Betty White, you've obviously been in the presence of greatness. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Her resilience and her her just on-screen magnetism is amazing. So um, just two questions relative to that show. First of all, obviously, we don't want to know what Betty White is like because who doesn't want to know Betty White? But more importantly, do you feel as though um, in today's television, like you said, because we want so much content variety, Do people really embrace and appreciate a show like that because we're dealing with the senior community, the baby boomers, sort of that whole generational type television program? Do you feel that it's appreciated by today's society because there's just so many options, so many different choices? What makes this show such a success?
2: The problem for the show that it didn't succeed was not that it didn't appeal to people. The show had... uh, Kind of a universal Family appeal So when I would talk To the fans They would tell me things like I watched the show with my mother And my daughter It would be three generations of people Watching the show together Nice Um, It would be men and women Watching the show together Sure But it was family The problem is Television for the most part is still trying to appeal to the millennials. Right, I agree. the the rest of us want to watch TV, too. So (laughs) sometimes you want to sit down with your family and be able to, everybody enjoy it. Everybody laugh on some level or enjoy it on some level. And when the show first started off and copied the original that had come over from Belgium, Mm-hmm. It was more of a family show. As the seasons progressed, it became more uh, millennial geared. I'll put it that way.
1: Okay, I got gotcha. you. And that,
2: to me, is the crueler type humor, the crueler pranks, Right. And it wasn't who was watching our show. So where we started off with a really big audience, hmm It wasn't 18 to 35, grant you, but we had sizable numbers. Even the last year we had sizable numbers on cable. Um, It just wasn't the group that they wanted to advertise to, and so the show ended up getting canceled. But it appealed to the family audience and was very successful the first two seasons on NBC, but even the second season we had gotten a little bit more naughty. And uh, we started losing ground. Hmm. But we and never that's, had and the is audience that they wanted. Gotcha. We because we certainly had much better ratings than a lot of the other shows.
1: Oh, I imagine so on, definitely. And like, I, I, you know, and I, and I've seen the show before, and I, and I appreciate the content. I don't know if it's because I'm mid forties, you know what I mean? I'm not, you know, twenty year old or thirty year old kid or whatever have you. And I appreciate the characters that are on it, you know. And obviously, like I said, Betty White. Obviously, um, what is that like? Is it intimidating? I'd be afraid to be around her. I mean, that's like intimidating. You know what I mean? I mean, not that she's terrible. I mean, she's lovely. Right. You know what I mean?
2: Well, that's just it. The first. The first couple of days, it was extremely intimidating. I mean, even in the audition process, she was in really? the final audition because she was one of the producers, so she was there. And that was intimidating because you walk out in this oh, long <laughs> table of people. It was the network <laughs> audition. There must have been 20, 30 people sitting at this long table that went all the way across the room. And you're doing this audition, and Betty White is sitting in the center of the table, and where you're doing the scene is directly in front of her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's Betty White, for real. And she just smiled, and she was so nice. But the first couple of days actually working with her, I was terrified. But she was so nice and so kind and just such a professional, and so wonderful to everybody. Oh,
1: that by the end see? of the second
2: day, we were all just buddies, you know? Oh,
0: that's so sweet. Remember, that is
2: awesome. Oh, it really was. And I have two days that really stood out. One day I was doing a scene with Betty and I, and it was one they used in a lot of the promos and, different things with Betty and I drinking out of these giant wine glasses. And they decided they wanted smoke in the room for ambience. Well, I was reacting to the smoke and my eyes were watering and I was sniffling and I thought, Betty is going to say, get this girl away from me. She's sick. I mean, I just had all these visions of Betty turning into this diva all of a sudden. And she was so sweet. She was like, oh, are you okay? Can I get you anything? Do they need to get you anything? Do we need to stop? Are you all right? She was so oh sweet gosh. and so kind. I kept saying, Betty, I'm not sick. It's just the smoke. She said, it's okay. It's okay. Take your time. Oh, she my was gosh. She so nice. And then the other incident, we were on the tarmac in Santa Monica, and it was hot. We were sitting on this black Asphalt, and it's just heats rising from above and coming down, and oh, it was just awful. And we were just whining. Now, Betty was the oldest cast member, I was the youngest cast member. So, we're all the rest of us, there were 14 of us, I think, at the time, and we're just whining and complaining it's hot, we don't have any umbrellas, where's the lighter? We were just being brats, and we, like, simultaneously kind of all turned around and looked at Betty. And Betty's just sitting there smiling. And we thought about it. (laughs) Oh, maybe we should
1: shut up,
0: huh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can somehow picture Betty White and you being the dirty old ladies in the commercial. Oh, just a thought.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There
1: you go. No need to even think twice about that one.
2: Oh, yeah, she's my idol. Aww. That's so sweet. Listen to that. Hey, and
1: just so you know, you have hope, folks, because I just put on the newswire Kirk Douglas turned 100 and he's still acting. So if he can act at 100, there's faith for all the rest of you people. I can't act, but I mean all the rest of you that want it. And stay out of LA because she doesn't want you there, just so you remember. I, for the 15th I, time. Actually,
2: I actually worked with Kirk Douglas.
1: Oh, my God. Did, are you joking? I'm
2: serious. When I was doing casting, I I cast a TV movie. It was one of the last big things that he did. He did a TV movie. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about a senior citizen's place where um, Elizabeth Montgomery was the head nurse and she was killing people. (laughs) And he was infiltrating the old folks home and, and ended up getting her busted. But I worked with him for I think it was like two weeks, two, three weeks on on this movie out in Ohio and now oh talking about movie star royalty.
0: Oh Her my god. With, was
2: so regal. He was so old school oh. movie star. It was oh. amazing to be around him.
1: Oh, I imagine so. I mean, that's a memory right there, and people don't realize that. I mean, I get excited. Well, I get excited just talking to people I do on my show, and then when I meet them in person, or I meet people that are on TV, film, etc. It, it's a neat experience. But he is a legend. You don't get a lot of the legends anymore, sadly. They've all you you know, left us. I know they really. The they're little by little passing.
2: And the min- millennials don't know who they are.
1: They have well, no idea some of these people. I know. Well, I look at George Clooney and I just think Cary Grant. I'm like, George Clooney is pretty close to the old school Cary Grant, the older Hollywood generation, you know, because we don't have right. a lot of that left, which is sad, well, you know, George for me. George Clooney
2: comes from, he comes from Hollywood royalty, so.
1: I he, know. And he got beat with the beauty stick, folks. Man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whew.
1: I bet I could find him in L.A. if you let me in, which you can't. But if I yeah, could, I bet yeah. we could probably meet him but there
2: I'll let, or Italy. I'll let George come in. George can come
1: in. Oh, oh, George! <laughs> I guess you can come visit. <laughs> I've lost you again. Chocolate City, you mentioned. So you've actually worked with the same gals more than once. Chocolate City intrigued me, actually. Um, Tell the folks a little bit of the, the back story of what that Chocolate City story is about, because I, I find that very intriguing.
2: Well, Chocolate City is kind of a Magic Mike kind of movie. It's male strippers. Mm-hmm. I did not get to see one of them strip. I was not
1: happy about that. But um, it's about male strippers. Did she strippers. just say that? And I'm the bad one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm learning not. things on the show. <laughs> Dang! She didn't warn me about I, you. Oh, my God. I,
2: I don't think she knows.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Wait till she listens to this show. No, but Chocolate City, you know, I thought it was a really neat idea. That's why I was like, okay, fine. Um, uh, That's why I want you to talk about it, of course. And what was your involvement in the film?
2: I just had a small part in the film. I was kind of the catalyst for this kid saying he was going to be a stripper because he, he had to pay the light bill. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, the the light bill lady and said you know you have to pay this bill now so oh he decided gosh, he was go out and be a male stripper and um, there are a lot of nice young bodies in that movie what can I tell you and <laughs>
0: did you hear that folks there's the reason <laughs> to see the movie <laughs> yes, Body that's
2: is. definitely the that's Not definitely acting. the reason to see it absolutely <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
2: the, the, the and is it available?
0: Uh, Robert, it,
2: it's available on um,
1: on demand. I'm sure. Still, that's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought because I wasn't. I was having a little trouble, and I thought to myself, it's got to be accessible somewhere. I just didn't know where. So I thought you might have oh, some yeah.
2: idea. That's between Netflix and Amazon. It's gotcha.
1: It's all somewhere. There. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere. It's somewhere in the great it, beyond. There you go. Absolutely. So, but, now, yeah,
2: but yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun. Um, it's not for kids, you know. John it's, it's 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 not it's age appropriate, good, I guess. <laughs> it's not age appropriate. Go with kids. your girlfriend. It's, it's like one
1: step mean. down from Fifty Shades.
2: Yeah, well, right. I wouldn't go that. Far. You know, definitely the over twenty one group. I probably will <laughs> <hate them>,
1: but... <laughs> we'll keep that in mind when we're watching it. Don't have the kids up when you turn this on the Netflix. Is all she's trying right, to say. Right. <laughs> Now, we don't want to neglect to mention this, and I'm pretty sure that my research is accurate with this. For for upcoming, we talked about A Husband for Christmas, which is on the Ion channel. Now, The Terror, you were involved with that production, right, or that project, The Terror? That's upcoming, correct?
2: That's upcoming. I don't know when that's coming out.
1: It missed last
2: Halloween, so I think it might have to come out next Halloween. That's the thing with movies. I I did a a bunch of movies in a row, I guess in 20. 15. And movies turnaround is so much greater than TV turnaround. So you do a TV show, it's more than likely going to come on within six months. Sure. If you do a movie, it could be
1: four years before it
0: comes i know right
1: <laughs> i don't think people get that a lot of my friends are directors and they're like yeah we shot it like three years ago but then i had to deliver pizza and i had to do other stuff they don't realize that all these <laughs> outside things come into play before you can get to that whole thing so it's absolutely. in the
0: works
1: though. it's in the works absolutely it'll be but the
2: released eventually be a really good one it's going to have some wonderful special
1: effects so it'll, we
0: it'll, like it'll, that
2: if they, they, they'll probably hold
1: it until next Halloween. It's a great Halloween. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we've been looking forward to that to next year as far as that goes. Okay. Yeah, is lucky there anything that
2: i not... A bunch, a bunch of horror movies in a row. So between The Terror and Betrothed, those are two scary movies. <laughs> so...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they've taken time to come out. Betrothed did finally well, come out. Right. And the self is available. It's available um on amazon.com and that, now that is a bloody scary movie ew yeah it's it's a slasher ew. movie yeah
0: see now so that and that's
2: if, if you're not in the slasher don't go see this i'm not responsible ew.
1: for your nightmares well and that's that's Honestly. what i find interesting is seriously this doesn't bother you? I mean, because obviously people that do horror on set, so I'm gathering you already know what's coming, etc. But still, doesn't that just you're not frightened by that genre? Like even working in it, you know what I mean? Like because you're on I set, you know what I mean. It.
0: I don't really really watch it. But
1: I've you're living it. Remember?
0: It. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in it. Like <laughs> you're standing
1: there. Like how do you avoid that?
2: I was. Screaming when I watched the movie, I was screaming in my own scenes. I knew what happened. (laughs) I was still screaming watching the movie. (laughs) You know? Oh my gosh! Kind of blood and gore. So if you're if you're not into that, don't see the joke. Don't tell the people I said that. But she's getting herself in so much trouble here.
1: Definitely, I live in trouble. Now, is toast available also on your like your network, uh, excuse me, Netflix, Amazon, et Because we want people it's, to take a look at that because that's the only word. It's available on words.
2: Amazon.
1: Yeah, I know that okay, gotcha.
2: that's available on Amazon. And then, um, oh, my goodness. I've got another called. Did you forget? Called, okay. Yes. I, want to, I keep wanting to call it resurrection, but that's not what it is. Restoration. That's me. Ah. I had another horror movie called Restoration, which is also available on Amazon and uh, Netflix. Gotcha. Um, And it's a horror movie also.
1: Ah, she seems to be digging this horror thing lately. But
2: Hmm. that's not really. It was like I did three of them in a row. But like I said, they've taken a couple of years to come out. And so Restoration's out. It's it's more of a psychological thriller. Yes.
1: And then Betroth- Let me just say, the Hacker movie. <laughs> yes. Let me say this entire radio show has been a psychological thriller of sorts. I'm just going <laughs> to go on a limb to say something like that.
0: Now we have two more
1: things to finish up here on the show, and then you can go off and do your happy, wonderful thing that you do, and I get to spend the next two hours writing at this Laptop. I'm. I'm doing. Uh, I've been a professional writer for years and years, and I got commissioned to write this textbook. I'm contributing to a filmmaker textbook, and um, oh, it's very technical. You know how you have to do very. Well, you know you're an actress. Where you have to do things you, like you have to, act. let's say you had to act in the opposite way of what you're used to. I'm used to more creative writing. I do scripts and screenplays and other things. So when I have to write very technical, I get very bored. It's like being very bored doing something you love, if that makes sense. Like, it, it's my thing, but it's a paycheck. It's not like the thing I love to do. So I have to sit here and gruel through two more hours of writing. Now you Kind of like doing excited.
2: horror movies.
1: Ding, ding, pays the bills. You know what I'm saying? Keeps <laughs> yes, the lights on or exactly. we don't have radio. We got no lights. We got exactly. no internet. We got no radio. See, so you wouldn't be here. So I exactly. want to do a couple things here. First of all, I want to say to Marie Lamelle, hello. First of all, thank you, thank you 100 times over for this interview with this beautiful young lady. In case some of you might be happening to be looking for representation, Marie Lamelle represents Platinum Star Public Relations and Management. She is the reason. We met at the uh, San Diego Horror Film Festival, and she says, I've got this great client you got to meet, and this is how we got hooked up today. So, Marie, thank you so much. I have to say you are just as lovely. Your clients are just as lovely as you are. And I, and I can say this because I was standing next to Marie on a red carpet. We had a lovely time. She's an absolutely lovely woman that gave me every reassurance that you were going to be just as wonderful. So, Marie, thank you so much for hooking us up for this. I'm going to read off a list of this, but first before I do, these are all the places where people can find you. So I get this right. It's pronounced... Is it Riafa? I didn't want to say your name wrong. Risa. Risa. And I did screw it up.
0: Number yeah. three, I got wrong
1: today. I'm reporting old news, and now it's Risa. Okay, Risa. So just so you folks know, Risa's name is spelled R E A T H A. And it's Gray is her last name. She has both a a Facebook personal page, which is, of course, her name, as well as her Retha Gray actress page, her fan page. Her website is ArethaGray.com. She has a Twitter handle, which is also at Retha Gray. She has an IMDb profile um as she mentioned she is easywayradio.com the name of the show is baby boomers live which takes place on monday for approximately 45 minutes according to her her program which is a husband for christmas i should say film which is on the ion channel and you can find that on iontelevision.com for details as to when you can see it and other productions of course found on netflix and amazon.com any place else where people can find you
2: um all they have to do is google Rita Grey R E A T H A G R E Y and i my face will pop up
1: there's only one my Rita face Gray. will
2: pop
1: up <laughs> <laughs> it's the dirty old lady right there now the last thing that it's i get to do true. on the show is I get one last thing here, and the last thing I always do is I get to tell my guests what I think of them. This is the only part of the show that is non-scripted, and the reason I do that is because it's, it's straight from the soul is what I call it. These are my impressions so that people get an understanding of what I think of you both personally and professionally, and um, you get to rest your voice for two minutes and then I let you go. So these are my impressions of you, young lady, I have to admit uh, oftentimes that when a publicist approached me about doing an actress of this magnitude, it always makes me very nervous. Not because of the fact that she has lined up 57 awards or that she is a glamorous diva on the red carpet, but because of the fact that she has persistence and patience and passion in an industry that sometimes and oftentimes doesn't recognize that fact very well. She started out, as you heard her say, a very long time ago in the entertainment business, and she has been in and out, and her time has been spent immensely wisely. Not because, again, she racked up a bunch of awards, but she racked up a bunch of accolades in her personal life that enrich her heart and the hearts of many others. She's done a number of things from a charity perspective. She's done a number of projects that make us laugh, smile, cry, be afraid. She is not afraid to take on a role and make a fool of herself Publicly or professionally or personally. She enjoys being the butt of the joke, from what you can tell, and we appreciate that. And why? Because life in 2016 is very serious. People in life are very serious. They take for granted the fact that, that everyone who says that they're an actress has talent. The lady on the other end of the phone has talent because she is naturally magnetic. When I say that, she's got a sparkling personality, she has a smile, and she's got this sense about herself that makes you want to laugh at her because she's just that cute. She's little, and she's spunky, and sparkly, and funny, and cute, and professional, and she has an understanding of her business, she has an understanding of her limits, and she's capable and more than willing to work within the parameters of the business to keep herself well-known, and active, and acknowledged in the community. One of the best parts about meeting you today is the fact that I, I, I find you remarkable because you are so in tune with who you are and what the industry is like. I appreciate the fact that you are a strong female presence on screen. I appreciate your work and the fact that you took the time to come and share part of yourself with me. I think you're absolutely lovely. I would love to come to L.A. and say that I'll meet you because I am going to come to L.A. whether you like it or not, eventually, even though it's not New York. And I would love to see your beautiful face, even if it's not on a red carpet, just to see you just stand-up so I can laugh at you this time. Instead of you laughing at my shortcoming on the show today. Not really shortcoming. I just screwed up a little. But that's okay. I do have to say that I I have appreciated every moment of this. You are truly a gem. And I appreciate it so much. And you can come back anytime you'd like, if you want to. I would love that.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And being on the show has been absolutely wonderful. Wasn't it fun? It was. And I will grant you a pass to come to (gasps) California.
0: She said, I could come. I could come. I on could a, visit. And a, I have permission on a, on, on from a her.
2: visit, visit, visit basis.
0: Ouch. Did you hear that? Listen to her.
1: <laughs> You're not welcome here but once. It's okay. Okay? Just no, one. You can, one time. You can,
2: come peri- you can come periodically. You just can't oh, stay. Oh,
1: my gosh. That's it. I'm taking this <laughs> up with Marie. Off air, thank you very much. All right, get off my show now and go act or do something. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, dear. I do. Thank you I so hope much you for have everything. have a
2: wonderful holiday season. Thank, Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's has been Anytime, so darling. much fun.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day, darling. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. I either have them laughing or crying, right? Welcome to my world on the Sin Chat Corner show. Again, one more time, Risa Gray, telephone, telephone number, like I have her number. It's Reza and that's R E A T H A and the last name again is spelled Gray, G-R-E-Y. Her works can be found in the following places, netflix.com, amazon.com, Easyway Radio, of course, is her production. She is a co-host of the Baby Boomers Live Show, and that's on Monday. And, of course, obviously, Ion Television will be premiering, actually, I should say premiered the other night, A Husband for Christmas, and that is Television.com. Her Twitter handle, again, is at Retha Gray. She has an IMDB profile, a Facebook personal page, and, of course, her fan page for her actress work, as well as the website itself which is Um again Risa this was just absolutely amazing um, I was a little nervous about doing your show because I'm a little panicked about the writing and you just made it such a wonderful experience and I can't thank you enough one more big shout out to Marie Lamel thank you thank you thank you 100 times over I respect the work that you do and the clients that you bring to me so again so very very appreciative of that thank you As I mentioned, uh, do keep track of the Sins Chat Corner page or my personal page. Check out and find out who our guests will be next week. I believe I could squeeze in one show next week, um, and then the week of the 20th, we're going to be taking some time to get caught up on radio and get to New York City. So, folks, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody that listened in today. I hope that your weekend is wonderful. I hope I finished my chapter book today, and I could rest a little bit this weekend. Enjoy your your time off, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.